My name is Kamran Fuadi. I'm the host of the Lakeland Magic Down Road Podcast. Today we have our guest, Jay Srub, with us today, shooting guard for the Lakeland Magic, former LA Clipper over here, former John A. Logan, former Louisiana, I mean Louisville boy over here. So yes, not Louisiana, Louisville, Kentucky. Not Louisiana. No, kind kind of an Illinois boy, similar to me. How you doing today, man? Doing great. How about yourself? Doing well, man. So we're gonna start it off real hard. Hit you with those questions you probably don't want to answer, but that's how I go, dude. Netflix, Hulu, HBO. Which which one you going with? I'm going uh, right now. I'm actually on HBO Max. I'm on the Last of Us. uh, I haven't watched that. I've heard of it, but haven't taken a stab at it quite yet. Mm -hmm. So do you play 2K at all? I do. I do. So right away, when you get your two-way contract, the first thing you do is play as yourself? Uh, Actually, I'm already on there. (laughs) Oh, right. I'm already on there. uh, I I meant when you were with the Clippers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. For sure. First day where you just... I'm going to sub myself in with the Magic for sure, see what I look like out there. Yeah, you're just going to go ahead. You say, I don't care if LeBron is a 99 overall. I'm going to go up and beat him still. I feel like that's the J-Scrub mentality. Got to. Got to have to. Yeah. Of course, man. So, what has Orlando been like since you've been down here? Were you, have you ever visited Florida before you became a pro basketball player? Uh, I visited Florida a few times. Uh, my family brought me to Disney World, uh, mainly when I was a kid, but, like, I really have no, like, older memory of it. No. So, like, for me down here, it's, like, it gives me, like, a family vibe. Like, being in the gym with, with all these great guys, you know, it's it's like a family, a family setting. And, and, of course, you got Disney and things like that. So, mm-hmm. I would say Orlando is more of a family vibe. And, you know, I enjoy it down here. Have you gotten anything that you're – I mean, we're pretty far into the season at this point. Mm-hmm. Have you found any spots in Orlando that you really like going to, anything you like doing around town, or are you just more hanging out back at your place? Uh, I hang out at my place, you know, often. I, well, me and a couple of the guys from the team, we come down to downtown. You know, while we're down here, after we finish practice, we'll grab a bite to eat, things like that. But, you know, I mainly stay to myself, stay, stay at the crib, you know, or I come to the gym and get my work in. Pretty simple guy. Yeah, man. Staying at uh, home, going to the gym is how you keep yourself out of any kind of trouble. Mm -hmm. That's the best place to always be. It's hard to become a pro baller, and the people that are out there getting in trouble usually don't make it. 100%. (laughs) So why number zero? Uh, Actually, well, my my number was uh, number number four when I first got drafted by – by the Clippers, that was my, my long-term, well, my, my number that I had, you know, all my life. And, you know, when I got there, uh, I had a guy that was from where I was from that ended up getting traded to the Clippers by the name of Ray John Rondo. And, uh, might have heard just, of him. Yeah, might have heard, <laughs> might have heard of him a few times. But, uh, you know, just him being a great guy and me looking up to him, you know, all my life, us being, you know, from the same city. And, you know, me just, you know, wanting to be, you know, a, a, a good, I would say young, you know, I would say somebody that's young and looked up to him. Like, I wanted to, you know, do that for him and, and, and you know, bless him with that number, you know. Well, welcome in with open arms. That's awesome. What a great story that is. But so then you make the decision on zero. Mm-hmm. So after you go through four, you pick a number, you land on zero. Anything mm-hmm. that is particular about zero, any part that sticks to you? Well, uh, really, uh, there's another guy from where I'm from. His name is D'Angelo Russell, and he had a quote. Uh, Heard of that guy once, too. Yeah, yeah. He had a quote uh, a while ago on why he picked number zero, and he said that that's the amount of people that, that's better. And, oh, you know, that's something that that's you know, a cool one. stuck with. Yeah, yeah like that, that that's cool. It seems like a very J-Scrub mentality. I mean, <laughs> to be honest, when we go out there and watch you, it's it's a blast. Mm-hmm. And I always love getting to interview after the games. The last game, you had 35 points, and you went ahead and said, 
I mean, I know there's not a shot out here I can't <laughs> I can't make. Mm-hmm. And I and I love that confidence that you have, Jay. Yes, sir. It's just you know, I would, the the confidence that I, I put in, you know, off the court, you know, just coming in every day and just believing in myself, trusting trusting in myself and practicing, you know, just having my teammates trusting me, having a great group of guys, you know, behind me saying that, you know, they're saying the same thing I'm saying, you know, that we, we, we think there's not a shot on the court that you can't make. So, yeah, it's just, you know, if my teammates is behind you saying that, then, you know, there's no limit. Yeah, you got to believe in it. got to believe. So, with you, it's just such a very unorthodox story you have coming into the league. Mm. And as I dug a little bit deeper, your basketball journey is so unorthodox. Just certain things that happen in life. You don't get a lot of playing time in high school. Mm -hmm. You missed out in a couple years here and there. Mm -hmm. And then you go to college and you kind of miss out a little bit there too on a year. So where do you get your playing time at? How do you build these skills when everybody else is sitting there doing all these fundamental Mm -hmm. things? Because there is just natural talent that some people have. But it's not just natural talent. It's a lot of extremely hard work and dedication so while you have your friends that may be playing how did you build those skills to keep building so when you did have those opportunities to come play in high school or when you had your opportunities in college to play where did you build that from because you just missed a lot of critical years so i would say growing up early on while uh while my teammates were uh well not my teammates well all of my friends you know yeah. were, were jumping into basketball early on and having school basketball and things like that i wasn't able to you know due to you know me being started school early you know i was i dealt with behavioral issues things like that mm-hmm. and so like i i use my time going to the park like that's where you know i really learned how to develop my game and develop a different toughness for the game like some people you know start basketball in school and then they don't really have that toughness mm-hmm. so like i would say the park you know really helped me get that toughness and find you know who i am as a basketball player early on so like when i get ready for a school basketball you know i I've been playing against older guys at the park, you know, getting knocked down. So <laughs> that's what I was about I'm to say. About. It's a lot different. Mm-hmm. Day one, you go to the park, you're getting picked last. Jay, they say, "I got next." No, you don't got next, kid. Mm-hmm. You got to wait a few more. You got to yeah. wait until one of us say you have next. Then you that got was, next. That was, about, that was about my first day at the park. And then yeah, and then I after was getting that, picked up. I they was quickly realize, hey, yeah, as soon yo, as I, I got, get out the car, I got him. <laughs> yeah, yo, Scrubs here. We're picking him yeah. up. I want him on my team. It was one of those. Situations. And then they start getting upset, saying that ain't cool, dude. He ain't allowed to be on your team. Mm-hmm. Then it got to a point where I couldn't go to the park anymore. But yeah, we have that very cool, unique story. So you go to John A. Logan. You spend about two years there. And at some point, you do get offers to go ahead and play for D1 schools as right. you've played and, you know, uh, paid your dues over in JUCO. Right. What is the decision not to go to a D1 school and to opt out for the draft? Because that's well, essentially what you did, isn't it? It was a pretty easy and hard decision at the same time. Like, going through, you know, that my last year of school, that was when, you know, most of the Div- Division One offers started picking up. And I would say I probably had, like, every school in the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, more so towards the end of my year, like, when I started getting towards the championship and playing, that's when, like, a lot of NBA teams started calling. So... Once, once like that came in the picture, it was you know kind of a no brainer. Like I got an opportunity to, you know, go to the NBA from JUCO. That's like you know a dream of mine. It's unheard of. It's unheard of. I mean, you were in a very few select amount of people that have ever done that. Mm -hmm. I keep trying to look it up every so often. Mm -hmm. I can't find out how many people were actually drafted from JUCO. Only one. It's actually only one. Only one before you. So from where I'm from. Yeah. All right. So 2004. What's his name again? Shout out to Dante Smith. Yes, Dante Smith. So I didn't know if he was the only one as well. Mm 
So it's just two of you guys yep. in the history of the NBA. So to go from JUCO to NBA, I mean, I would think at the same time you have people in your corner that are telling you, don't do this. You're not. That's not going to work. You're not going to get drafted. I had this a few, doesn't happen. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it was crazy. And then you have people, you have like a devil and an angel, yeah. I feel like, on each shoulder. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that has to be a bunch of, you know, emotions and feelings going yeah. through that, trying to make the right decision because it's your life at mm -hmm. that point and, and you want to make the right decision. Yeah. It's tough. 100%. Yeah, so mainly what's crazy is going through that process, like a lot of the people that were telling me not you know, to, to go with the process was division one coaches. Oh. So, which would be like totally understandable, like wanting to, you know, gain that talent and, you know, for a year or two or whatsoever, you know, I could understand that, but like nobody's been, you know, the path that I've been through, nobody's walked in my shoes, nobody's known what I've been through or what my family's going through in that situation when, you know, I put my name in the draft. So like, I felt like, like it, I was ready. I was ready to be in a position to take care of my family financially and, you know, however. And, you know, that's the decision that I went. And as long as my family was in my corner and, you know, backing up, backing me up and, you know, every decision I made, it doesn't matter who tells me, you know, yeah. it's a, a dumb Gosh. decision. Just such a cool story because it's, it's a unique one. No, no one else really has that story. And you get selected 55th pick in the draft. Mm -hmm. You know, it's second round. It's still being selected. You're the only person that's currently on the Lakeland Magic that was selected in the draft. So it's that's an accomplishment. Right. Not a lot of people in the G League have done that. And not, I mean, gosh, the amount of people that have even played NBA games, I think mm -hmm. it's about 4,500 people. It's mm -hmm. nothing. That's great. It's nothing. That's it's great. really just such a small amount of people that have played in the NBA. Mm -hmm. And you get selected by the Brooklyn Nets. So take us through draft night. What is draft night like? Because I ask players every so yeah. often, and they and everybody gives a little bit different, and they give all the cliches. Mm -hmm. Oh, greatest night of my yeah. life, blah, blah, blah. I but I want to know what it's like really like. So you're sitting there yeah. probably with some anxiety. You know, sure. first round goes through. You're probably told by your agent it looks more like it's going to be the second round. Mm -hmm. I imagine that's well, what Well, actually, we were expecting to go higher, but I had got hurt during pre-draft. Like, I went through my pre-draft workout, killed all of them. Every team I worked out with, like, I heard good, great feedback from them. Mm -hmm. And I had got towards the end of pre-draft and I had got an injury, which I had broke my uh, fifth metatarsal bone in my, it's like a pink, my pinky toe. Oh, okay, so, okay. So like it was a real severe, severe, severe injury. So uh, a lot of teams had fell back because of that. And uh, I had worked out with the Clippers with the broken foot and I ended up killing that workout. And towards the end of the workout, I got a chance to, you know, sit down with, with one of the G League coaches, well, the, the guy that is the G League coach now, Paul Hewitt. And he loves me, man. He was all arms for me. And, you know, I had told him, you know, the situation that happened, and, and it, it was crazy. He, he, he betted on me, and, you know, I'm here. That's amazing. So you get drafted by Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. How quick do you know that that you're getting drafted? So you're pick 55. Yeah. At what point is your agent calling you, telling you? Because I imagine you're not at the green room that day. Cause no. you're, cause it was COVID. It was COVID. Oh, oh yes, yes. Yeah, it, it was, was that season. So everybody's at yeah, home. Yeah, so at what point does your agent tell you, like, I don't know, say, we know you're going to be pick 55. Is this at, like, pick 47 so this is happening? I would, say, I would say around 50, that's when, like, the Clippers started calling, like, you know, we're trying to get them, you know, we're trying to get them, like, we're doing everything we can to get them. But I also had a few other teams in front of them, like I had the Hornets, I had uh, I had the Trailblazers, I had a few other teams, so it was mainly like whoever gets me first, one of those type situations, but yeah. of course, 
who doesn't want to go to the Clippers? It's L.A., the team that they had at the time. Oh, like, yeah. All the mentors that they had. Like, that was definitely the situation that I wanted to be in. So, around 50, that's when, like, the, the talk started to, to come about. And then, you know, we knew it was a for sure thing around 54. Yeah. 54, that's when they called me and told me that, you know. So, did gotcha. you know when the Brooklyn pick came in that you were going to be a Clipper beforehand? Yeah, and you already knew. I did. All right, you're going to get drafted to Brooklyn, but you're actually going to go to the Clippers beforehand. Well, either situation would have been all right. You know, going yeah, to Kyrie, go. James Harden, and, and, KD, and KD, that would have been a bad situation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's one of the beautiful parts about being picked a little bit later in the mm -hmm. draft is that you're going to a team that yeah. has a great ensemble of players which, already which as a junior college player like of course that's perfect for going in a situation where well, you might not be able to get you know that playing experience immediately yeah. but you'll be able to you know pick pick people's brain i got Kawhi, i got that's Pat I was, Bev. that was my next thing i was going to say is you go to a team where you have off the top of my head two definite future hall of famers yep. in Kawhi leonard mm -hmm. and rajan rondo mm -hmm. But you have also a couple other potential ones. I would go. I would go uh, and, and throw and throw PG in. There I was about to say PG thirteen. I'll, I'll go up the bat for PG. <laughs> PG, PG you know I'll go up the bat for you. <laughs> PG's in there as well. Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, PG thirteen may end up being there. Mm -hmm. So we have we have to acknowledge him. Sure. His career is not done yet. The Clippers could win a sure. ring this year for all we not know. Even close. Not even close. And so you get over there. You get a two-way contract, something mm -hmm. that's beautiful because a lot of people get picked in the second round. Yeah. I'm sure you saw a lot of your peers. Especially the situation that I, I was injured. Like, yeah, I was injured signing a two-way, you know, a two-year guarantee. Like, you know, yeah, that's, that's there's crazy. a lot of players that I'm sure you saw got selected in the second round that are not mm -hmm. even, no league at all right not now. Even here, yep. So to get that two-way contract is something amazing. Mm -hmm. What is some of the invaluable things? Or you know, not even that yet. You go to the Clippers. We're over there. I mean, this has to be extremely surreal to you at yeah. that point because now yeah. you're going to practice with, yeah, what's like a PG-13, Kawhi. You're a little bit younger Nicholas than me. Nicholas Batum, yeah, so Pat Bev, These are dudes Rue you've been watching yeah. for years. Yeah. Dudes that you rooted for, dudes that you might have said something against when you are a kid, and now you're for real mm -hmm. in the gym with them. Yeah. Like, what's your first reality check when you come in and – do you are you on an assignment to guard either one of those guys? I guarded all of them. I guarded all of them like that day. Like I'm Pat Bev setting the screen for Paul George. Paul George is throwing a skip pass to Kawhi. So it's like, wow, like I'm really here. Like I'm really here. And and it, it took me, you know, a couple weeks to really get adjusted. But like I would say those guys like really helped me like Throughout my injury, because I was hurt my first year, so I didn't get thrown into a situation where, mm -hmm. oh, I'm first day, I'm guarding PG, like, yeah. oh, my God. So, like, so they helped me through it. They really helped me through it, talked to me. I was able to, you know, go to guys' cribs and be able to, you know, sit back and, you know, watch film with guys. Like, I literally was with Rondo the entire year just watching That's film, just, going yeah. to his house. He's giving me game. This is L.A., you know, like. He he's been in LA a few times, so yeah, that's just, he just won a champion. Yeah, he just won a, a two-time champion yeah. with the two most rival that's crazy. teams. Yeah, that's crazy. I one see, on he was each the side. only player to ever do that. Too. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a, that's a, that's a crazy. So player. when you're there, I mean, those first like little bit, you got to be extremely nervous. I mean, to like, yeah, because you know you're sitting there with potential heroes. I don't know who you rooted for as a kid, but they could be the My players. My favorite player was PG. All right, so you got PG. Yeah, you used to watch him as a pacer. That's in your market by living in Louisville. So. You're sitting there, and it's just, how long does it take for those nerves to die where it's not just like, all right, Paul George is a human being. Yeah. He, he's just like me. Because no matter what, when you're when you're first there, and he's your peer now, he's your coworker, mm -hmm. 
it still has got to be shaky for the first little while. It's just really what, like, everything he's done for the game that I'm trying to contribute to as well was just like, you know, you have to look at him in that fashion, you know. Like, it's literally like looking at someone that you're trying to get to, like. Yeah. I feel like I'm similar to PG. Like, I'm I'm 6'6", nice handles. He's 6'9", play defense, two-way player, like. So, like, I would say he was the one that really, like, like, had me, like, whoa, like, yeah. I'm here. Like, I could be, you know, a professional basketball player, and I can make this amount of money doing this because like, yeah, I have nuts. the same body type as him. Like, I move like him. Like, I can score like him. So, like, that was definitely the one that, that got to me the most. When you have those kind of vets around, do they give you good financial advice so you don't fall into any problems? 100%. Because they've probably seen it happen a zillion times in the past. Yeah. You're also on a two-way contract. You're not making Paul George or Kawhi money. They mm-hmm. take up all the capping yeah. in Clippers it's, money. It, it's not so much as them telling me, like, this is what you need to spend your money on. This is what you need to spend your money on. It's just giving me their game. Like, when there was a rookie, how, how would they spend, like, you're going to spend money. You're going to live your life. You're of gonna, course. You know, treat yourself to finer things. This is just about, you know, investing. Like, do you have money coming back into your pocket? Like, yeah. You know, things like that. So, I would say those was the most important thing. And Rondo was a big guy on, on that. So, you have 26 NBA games in your belt, mm-hmm. four of them being playoff games. Who did you play in that round of the playoffs? I don't know off the top of my head. Uh... Do you remember? I don't, because it was more so garbage time. I of, got in here. Hey! How many people... I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I will say I believe it was Phoenix. It, it's garbage time, Jay, but you can't look at it like that because you have to look at your peers. For How sure. many people are you with every day that even got the step foot in an NBA playoff game? 100%. You're there. You're there for yeah. a reason. I believe it was Phoenix, though. Phoenix. I play Phoenix. Uh, I got a game against uh, Timberwolves. I got a game against the Rockets. And I got a game against OKC. And the rest, I, I, it's, it's a bit foggy. It's been about two, two and a half years now. Yeah. So what can you take from that experience playing in the NBA to Lakeland? What is that experience you take with these players? We got a lot of rookies on the mm-hmm. Lakeland team. It was the first time we have people like yeah. Drake, yeah. Audis, Alex. Yeah. I mean, they. I, to me, when we look at it from the outside, it looks like you and Zay are the leaders of this mm-hmm. team. Do those guys ever come up to you for anything? What do you, what can you give them that you've already been given from ready, your peers? Like, staying ready. The, the the NBA is a staying ready league. Like your number could be called at any point, and it's up to you to go out there and be able to knock that shot down. No matter if you haven't played the whole game and come in in the fourth quarter with a minute left, or come in, you know, or start the game. Like you have to always be ready. And that was like the most important thing that I've learned throughout the league is is staying ready and also. The most important thing is availability, being available. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely a big one. Yeah, well, hey, Jay, we really appreciate your time. You coming here and doing this with us. It's uh, I know you have a lot of busy stuff in your schedule, so thank you so much for doing this, appreciate man. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate having you on the team. We wish the best of luck for you for the rest of your career. Yes, sir.